I think follow your nose. Your passion will reveal itself and your passion will evolve over time. Welcome everyone. My name is Nikita and I'm your host for this Alumni XCast episode where we will bring you the stories and advice of Herrick's alumni who are once in your shoes and have gone on to do some amazing things. I'm very excited to introduce you to Jordan Magid, who was a member of the class of 2009. So without further ado, let's call him on. Hi Jordan, to start off, could you please introduce yourself for everyone listening? Well, my name is Jordan Magid. I graduated from Herricks in 2009 and I am a social entrepreneur. I am an artist and over the last 10 years, uh, well, more than 10 years now since graduation, um, I've been involved in starting three businesses um, across a whole range of uh, exciting topics from education to art uh, to transportation. And um, on top of that, uh, I have my own practice of producing art. And yeah, most important to me is, is education and making sure that um, people of all ages can continue to see themselves as learners and people who can enjoy and appreciate uh, what they can learn every day out in the streets. My next question is, what do you do now? I know you've touched upon this on your intro section, but if you have anything you would like to add or elaborate on, you're more than welcome to do so. Right now, I am the head of operations at a startup called Dollaride that is based in Brooklyn. And Dollaride is a mobility tech company that makes it easier for people who live in neighborhoods that have really poor access to public transportation, uh, makes it easier for them to get around. And um, so we work with a network of uh, about 500 vans and shuttles all throughout New York City, power them with technology so that way they could find riders and riders can find them and pay for their rides. Um, Most of the people we serve are in the outer boroughs um, or on the border with Queens, Long Island, places where it's uh, people rely on buses and usually walk and it's it's difficult to get around. Um, So I'm in charge of operations there. And what that means is making sure uh, the, the people on the road are actually using the app and the people who are supposed to be having a good experience are having a good experience uh, and building relationships with them, making sure that they trust us and we trust um, them. And also I was the first hire uh, at this at this startup and I joined in summer of 2019. So it's been almost two years. And um, so that means that um, as a small company and a, a growing company, I wear lots of different hats, everything from sales to um, navigating investments to figuring out what is growth going to look like. Um, On top of that, I I have a company that's based out of Florida that focuses on public art. So what we what we do is we bring artists and businesses together to make places beautiful. Uh, And really what that means is we'll uh, we'll usually get hired by governments or real estate developers, people who are building uh, big buildings who want to put artwork on their buildings. And um, usually I don't know where to go. Where do I find an artist? What do I, uh, what are my next steps to make this happen? And they'll call me and they'll call my company and we'll um, help them through that process of finding an artist and getting the job done. Uh, so my hands are involved in a few different things, but uh, I, I think if there's anything that 
I identify with. It's that I'm a curious person, and I if I see an opportunity, I act on it. And um, and so seeing that in transportation, my current job, and in the arts in my previous company uh, is, is is a part of what I do. Um, you said that um, in the startup, you're one of the first people that were hired. So like, did someone approach you, or like, how did you go about yeah. with that? Because this, funny enough, this this specific opportunity at Dollaride um, came up sort of unexpectedly. Uh, so I I was living in Miami for ten years, and um, in between, I lived in a few places. But I reached a point where I said, you know, I want to go back to New York. My family's there. I want to start to to settle down a bit in New York, and um, and see what opportunities are there. And so it was the first time that after starting my own companies and being self-employed um, that I needed to start applying for, for jobs and going through these formal job searching process. And so I spent months, you know, sending out my resume, contacting people, um, setting up coffee conversations, um, phone calls. And there was just a point when I was, I was exhausted by it. I was getting very little feedback even the networks that 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 uh, were really supportive weren't really going anywhere clearly and i remember just scrolling one day on angelist which is a, a great website and resource for anybody who's interested in startups um, and i came across dollaride as a company that was doing something cool in transportation and was looking to bring some some structure to uh, an informal economy, this group of like van drivers in the outer boroughs. And um, and there was a job application, but I, even when I read the job, it was like a little less formal than the things that I saw before. So I just quickly shot, a, I sent a message, I think on LinkedIn, directly to the founder. And it was, it was nothing formal. This was not a cover letter. I was like, hey, what's up? This, or how's it going? This is Jordan. Uh, here's here are the things that I started. Here's a link to this page and that page. Uh, I'd love to chat with you. Looks like what you're doing is really cool. Maybe there's a way we can work together. Um, to my surprise, he got back to me right away and got on a call. Um, and it was very informal. Um, and it took about two months or three months before the funding came in to hire me and, and the timing and everything worked out. Um, but it it started on a different foot than the others where I was like treated as just another person submitting a resume. And here I felt like, because I, I, I kind of had given up on that whole like formal resume and see and um, cover letter process. And I was like, you know, why don't I just be myself and say, Hey, how's it going? And this person responded in the best way possible. And was like, sounds like you're awesome. Let's work together. It showed that it was good chemistry and good fit. Uh, it may not be for everyone, but, for me, it worked. Did you know mm -hmm. what you wanted to do in high school? Because I think that's something that a lot of us are like, oh, I know what I want to do. And then we have no idea. Yeah, I, I think about this question a lot. And the there are moments when the answer is yes, I, I knew what I wanted to do. But the answer I was looking for when I was in high school is a very different answer that I would that I would uh, think about now. So in high school and in college and even after college, I always looked at it as what is what is the job title that I want? Um, what is the profession that I'm going to go into? Um, so I wanted to fit within a box. And um, and now I, I realize when I look back 
on the last 10 or 15 years that the things that I'm doing are actually directly related to what my interests were when I was in high school and what my interests were in, in middle school. Um, but I could have never predicted that I would be doing the work that I'm doing now. I could have never predicted my job title or the industry that I'm working in, but I could have predicted that I'm someone who likes bringing people together and I like organizing groups of people. And um, I love the arts and making large artwork happen and hanging out with artists or, or um, solving problems in areas that are off the grid. You know, I think those are things that were always interesting to me when I was young or younger. And yeah, so the truth is, is that I, I thought I wanted to be a doctor and uh, my plan was to um, to work in healthcare, and I I even in college I hadn't declared a major until my last semester of college, and by that point I declared an English major, and I still was prepared to go to medical school, and it wasn't until I just after I finished college that I decided, you know what this this actually isn't the path for me. That decision was was less about saying. I don't want to be a doctor and more about saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. If I think back at the last four, five, six years, there are some other really cool things that I've done that make me more excited than being a doctor. So it's more about like following my nose. And so, yeah, not a, not a short answer to your question, but I think um, more realistic than what I, what I was looking for. Um, when I was younger and just wanted a clean answer, wanted something to say, you're going to be a doctor, now go. And life hasn't been like that. And I, at this point, I don't expect it to be. Next one is like, I guess the main question of the entire series, but it's also the coolest one. So the overarching question is how has Herrick shaped your life? Herrick's played an important role in helping me explore what it's like to be out of my comfort zone. Um, helping me um, notice uh, when I don't know something and helping me have the courage to, to do something about it, to go and ask questions or talk to the right people and um, take a chance. And there are loads of moments that I can remember during my time at Herrick's where that way of operating was sort of emphasized. Um, I remember having a relationship with uh, a Spanish teacher who actually recently passed away, unfortunately, during COVID, a very close um, supporter of mine and friend, uh, Mrs. Reese. And, um, and you know, I was, I was the kind of student that was all over the place. Um, I grew up in a Spanish-speaking house, but my Spanish was native. It wasn't great. Um, so I had this, like, load of confidence that I could speak Spanish, but I totally... Um, was not good at the classroom, what the academics of Spanish, um, and was always like interrupting and talking and playing games in class. But she like saw this energy in me, was planning an event for, I think it was one of the after school clubs um, focused on students interested in Spanish and putting on a show um, to like, for people to present their talents related to Spanish heritage, Latin heritage. And she invited me to be the host of, of this show. Um, and I remember being totally scared and shocked, like, okay, so I now need to stand on this stage. Um, I'm not an actor. I'm not interested in being a presenter or anything. Um, and now I need to like 
lead this whole event and um you know all the way through it and i always remember her and she and, and other people in uh in the spanish department were just so encouraging and, and keep pushing me um and, and saying you know we see it in you we see the energy that you have and we we think this is a great fit for you and it was it, it felt comfortable um but same thing with uh with mr Smurgeon, with alan Smurgeon. um he he and i and, and a group of friends we uh, we were all bonding over the fact that we just appreciated music we listened to all types of music we really um, emotionally connected with music especially in high school at a time where i'm like discovering all these new artists and and realizing how incredible the beatles are and all this like stuff that um i was coming of age to and i was writing music and mr Smurgeon was the first person to say you know let's let's actually meet after school and let's have a songwriting club and let's share what what music we're listening to let's share what instruments we're playing um let's talk about the lyrics that we're writing and analyze them and and understand them you know at that point i i just knew that i liked expressing myself but i never thought to write lyrics and then look at them and try to understand them and try to understand who i am by in, by analyzing my own lyrics um and so he really he played a big role in making me realize that i could even build my own identity that i could understand and interpret my own identity and it's like sounds abstract but it's really important um and so moments like that um at herricks I, I know for sure helped me thrive, but also helped me understand who I am. I should also say I, I was a new student my freshman year uh, at Herricks. I came from a, another, a private school. It was my first time public schools and all these new people was scary. And um, I, I felt welcomed. And I felt like it was a place where diversity is valued. It was a place where, um, taking action and being creative was valued. There was always artwork on the walls and this emphasis that you should express yourself and we we value that. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't, maybe I didn't realize that at the time, but now looking back, it was, it was important and fundamental to, to building me up. Our yearbook for this year is dedicated to Mrs. Reese. Really? Okay. Did you have her as a teacher? I didn't. I never had her. I think she retired before I got to the high school. Oh, wow. But our so, yearbook is dedicated to her. And it's emo emotional. Yeah. And um, we still have the songwriters club. Now it's called Musicians Club, but it's still a club. So awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I um I heard through the grapevine that Songwriters Club was was still happening in some way and uh, occasionally I'm in touch with, with Mr. Smurging, but no, it's 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 awesome that um, it's awesome that it's still going on. It's great. It's beautiful to hear that there's a commemoration to Mrs. Reese. She's fantastic. And yeah, I mean, teachers are important people and they stick with you. So I don't know, keep, keep the relationships wherever it goes. And you, know, you might find yourself in the street of New York City having coffee with someone 20 years later and, and just catching up because they played a role in your life. Um. Yeah, you brought Mrs. Reese, got me emotional. I, uh, I, I had coffee with her a few, like a month before she passed, and she, it, I hadn't seen her in in years, maybe eight or nine years. And um, she drove into the city from Long Island to come and meet me. Yeah, 
uh, just to say thank you. And I, I really, I saw her and I just said, thank you. Mm -hmm. I was so grateful. So I don't know, high school is a strange time, but uh, you know, you probably have a hint at this point in, in your high school career of who's influencing you. Um, it'll become even more clear in like three or four years or five years or six or seven years, like who really has an imprint on you? Because now is the time that people have an impression and friends, teachers, they, they play a big role. The entire premise of Herrick's ECS is to give students kind of an outlet to share the things that they're passionate about. And sometimes in high school, that's kind of hard because not everyone knows what they're passionate about yet. And so we're hoping that with these podcasts, beyond just like learning about different people and the paths that they've taken, that students get to see how people found their passions and then ended up acting on them and like making careers out of them. So what advice do you have for a Herrick student who hasn't necessarily found their passion yet? I think follow your nose. Your passion will reveal itself and your passion will evolve over time. Even if right now you think that you've found something that you're passionate and energized, passionate about and energized by, you know, it may change. And you, you may look to your right or to your left and find somebody else has found their passion and that may change. And they may find themselves in a period of their lives in a few years where they also are struggling or trying to figure out what do they care about. And um, none of this is static. None of this is forever. You know, the, the, the idea of finding your purpose or your passion is, is probably more about um, participating in the journey, you know, hopping on, on the train to, to discovering that passion, to discovering that purpose. And, um, and yeah, so, I think there's room to be encouraged if you haven't yet found your passion. There's room to be hopeful. Uh, there's room to be excited because that means that there's more ahead of you. And that's there's room to keep your eyes open and, and, and really pay attention because who knows when it'll show up and, and what'll spark your interest. But when something does um, sort of make you jump or make you feel a little excited, take it seriously, acknowledge it, notice it, say hi to it, be kind to it and welcome it into your life and, and dive in. And, you know, you might discover it doesn't work, but um, then you've learned something new about yourself. And, um, and yeah, so just say, say yes, follow your nose, follow your curiosities and lean into it. Um, and I thank you for, for inviting me, you know, as much as it might be, um, insightful for you and exciting to chat um the feeling's mutual it's really it makes me happy to talk to, to you two and to connect back with the herricks and connect back to, to those roots so um yeah the, the feeling goes both ways and i i appreciate this thank you thank you again for sharing your time and experience and that's a wrap we hope you learned something new about the perks of multitasking welcoming the unknown following your nose, and all that our school has to offer. A special thank you again to Jordan and Mr. Samergian for connecting us. For all things ECS, follow us on our Instagram or visit our website and stay tuned for what's to come this year. Stay safe and take care. Brought to you by Herrick's X.